Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 2, Episode 258 of this daily study podcast. Thank you very much for joining us as we take a break from the Come Follow Me studies uh, for uh, well, just for today. Uh, and we do what we usually do. We have a listen to listener comments that have come out throughout the week. Uh, and we also uh, reflect on a whether it's a general conference talk or if there's been some recent developments in church news, we share one or two of those. Uh, so first of all, some of the listener comments. Uh, there's been quite a few this week on Facebook, uh, focused on a couple of things. First of all, I made the little uh, the little joke that, you know, is it okay to be looking at the Christmas story so early in September when we're looking at Samuel the Lamanite? Uh, of course, my wife uh, jumps in and says, it's okay, silly. You know, Christmas is okay all year round. Uh, and Candice Welch also uh, comments that uh, she is singing Silent Night again, so it's perfect timing for her. Uh, I think, you know, it's never too early or the wrong time to be reflecting upon the Christmas story. It's one of the most important things that we need to uh, have a great joy about. And I think that, you know, as we go into Christmas this year, hopefully things won't be too different. Uh, you know, we will have to wait and see uh, with what is going on with the pandemic. But is something which I personally am looking forward to, even if it is going to have to be slightly different in some way. Uh, I'm sure we will uh, have a, a, a wonderful time. I had a wonderful comment from Ben Carter uh, on the Facebook group, and I know that he's uh, listening uh, because he listens on his way to work. He says, thank you for the time that you put into this podcast. I don't comment often, but I listen every morning on my way to work, and I really appreciate your insights and research. Keep up, keep up the great work. Uh, I'm grateful, so grateful uh, to Ben uh, for that comment and for the um, for the way this podcast seems to be helping him. That's uh, one of the reasons why I'm publishing it out for everyone is that I hope that uh, it brings some, it's useful for someone out there. And so I'm grateful to hear that it is indeed. And if you have any comments or things that you're enjoying about the podcast, you can comment about that on Facebook. You can share a post or you can email session at gmail.com. The last thing I'll share about listener comments uh, is linked to a uh, post that I made about Gideon High and his deliberate efforts at politeness in his message to Laconius. It's quite, got quite a few comments on this one. Uh, David Walker uh, saw it as extreme arrogance rather than politeness uh, in the sense that he believed that the, that the victory was already already won. So uh, he was just basically writing to just say that, you know, the, the victory would be theirs and uh, it was extreme arrogance which was another interesting way of looking at it. Uh, Peter Bradley uh, said that it was a twisted attempt at being magnanimous, uh, which is a wonderful word. And I think that uh, it, it probably links to the, to the idea of arrogance that he was being magnanimous and saying that, well, you know, if you, if you just give yourselves up now, then I'll let you off. But otherwise, we're going to come down and, and destroy you. Uh, Candice Welch. Uh, kind of took it in a different way uh, and I have to uh, agree in some part with what she says as well and actually I think I agree with all three of these comments because they can all have some role to play in the reason why he sent that epistle uh, but she said I, I saw it as flat, the flattering words of Satan and the world trying to make you doubt your beliefs and fall for the praise of the world and get sucked into the pride cycle but Laconius held strong and upright and realised it for the ridiculous manipulation it was and t- is it Tamar Kurgenfen? Sorry if I said that wrong. Uh, also agreed with uh, what Candice said. Uh, but uh, I think that, you know, whatever the reason, there was clear uh, method or, you know, intent behind uh, whatever his words were meant for. 
And uh, I think those three comments pretty much summarise the reasons for why it could have been. So, I th- so I'm really grateful for those. So yeah, those are the uh, the comments on the uh, Facebook group. Please do, like I say, comment and post yourselves if you're interested to do so. Um, what I'm going to do now for the concluding five minutes or so of this study podcast is just share a couple of updates from the church news. It's been quite busy this week. Uh, the First Presidency have outlined principles and details for members to safely engage in church meetings and activities. Now, to be honest, when you have a look at this news article, and I'll share the link to it in the show notes, uh, it, there isn't really any new news from this, but a couple a few days ago on September the 11th, uh, the church, the First Presidency, uh, wrote a letter and spoke about using technology and safe in-person practices um, and that there's many ways now for presidencies and councils to meet and for youth to be encouraged and be supported and for worship to occur. Uh, so they've written this letter and some of the things they outline is that in the November, state conferences may be held virtually or with careful social distancing. I believe my state's, uh, state, state conference is due to be held in November, so that'll be something uh, to be look, looking forward to. Uh, the First Presidency notes that home-centred church-supported efforts of ministering, uh, oh well, ministering and home-centred church-supported efforts uh, have helped the work move forward during this time. It then goes into a list of things that can now either begin, resume, or continue uh, to allow the work, the Lord's work, to continue. The first principle is remember members by name and nourish them spiritually and temporally. So this relates to how leaders can hold presidency and council meetings virtually or safely in person uh, according to local conditions. And this phrase, according to local conditions, is important. I mean, in the UK, over the past few days, we've seen a huge spike in cases of COVID-19, reaching into the thousands, 2,000, 3,000 a day. uh, And it doesn't yet seem to be uh, dipping or going down. And so that is a very concerning pattern that is emerging. Uh, And so... I think that, you know, this is a, a very important phrase. But I think the, the First Presidency are saying that, you know, from this point on, there really isn't a reason why presidency and council meetings shouldn't be happening as regularly as often as they were before this, this pandemic. However, it may need to be done virtually or safely in person according to these local conditions. I know that uh, the church had these two phases they talked about a few months ago where phase one was sacrament meetings to take place with socially distanced uh, conditions and then everything else basically being held virtually. And then the second phase is where you continue with those sacrament meetings, but then other things can happen in the church building. Uh, so it obviously depends where you're listening from, where, where what stage your, um, your area is at. Uh, but I think this letter indicates that, you know, whatever the situation, these things should now be being done virtually or, or physically with those conditions. Uh, the other one is strengthen members and help bear their burdens. So ministering and ministering interviews should, should continue. Again, um, you know, depending on whether you can go into their homes or not, but you should be reaching out virtually if you can. Uplift one another and create unity through activities. So leaders can hold youth meetings, activities and service projects virtually or safely in person according to local conditions on Sundays or other days. So again, trying to connect youth. One of the cool things that our stake has been doing actually uh, is it's been having uh, these youth devotionals with youth from other places in the world. So our state president, for example, uh, you know, uh, lived for a time in Namibia 
uh, and served uh, and served and has worked around uh, in India as well. And so we've had a couple of uh, youth devotionals with the youth from those areas as well, which some, which is something we would probably would not have thought of uh, without this uh, you know this event going on. So I think that was a that's been an interesting uh, experience and uh, opportunity, and then. And then the idea of worship, gather members often to fast, to pray, and to speak concerning the welfare of their soul. Under the direction and keys of the bishop, leaders can hold weekly sacrament meetings virtually, safe in person, or by hybrid in-person and virtual broadcasts. They're important to point out that these meetings should not be uh, recorded, uh, but that um, and how they need to avoid broadcasting the sacrament portion of the meeting. They could either do that... Uh, they could either do that uh, broadcast following the sacraments or have the sacrament portion of the meeting last. Um, however, it is decided by that leader. But yeah, basically, I'll, I'll share that. But it's, it was an important update. And I've only left myself a minute or two for this, but this is a really important uh, article. Uh, it's titled, Elder Hodden compares pornography to, co- to COVID-19 in an, in an address to Utah Coalition Against Pornography. Now, I'm not going to do this article justice with the minute or so that I have left. But uh, he does talk about how the aspects of pornography in terms of its uh, very, what's the word I'm trying to think, it, it's basically the the infection of pornography. Exposure begins through small, simple visual droplets about which even the victim may not fully appreciate the danger. Sadly, the little pornographic germs are pervasive. Television, movies, checkout counters, cell phones and iPads. So that exposure goes on and on. So he's saying that the exposure to pornography is similar to COVID-19 in a way that it may be uh, imperceptible the way that it starts to be, a person begins to become infected with it. Um, he talks about washing hands and using sanitizer and wearing a mask can protect, but pornography does not know how to be clean or to be masked or to keep any distance at all, the church leader said. He talked about, I like this, about how both COVID-19 and um well, actually, I'll go on to that in a second. He then talks about the sticky spikes and how COVID-19 is very difficult to remove once it's infected the, the person, very similar with pornography. And then I liked how he talked about um, social distancing. Both COVID-19 and pornography create a form of social distancing. Uh, COVID-19's isolation is compelled by public officials. Pornography's isolation is voluntary uh, and it kind of distances the person because of its influence from its loved ones. And uh, I think that, you know, this is a great article. It is quite lengthy uh, and it's certainly worth a look at. Uh, so I will post the, the notes on that in the show notes as well. Thank you very much for listening today for this very uh, packed episode. I hope you've enjoyed this study. Please do join us at, on the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. And you can email session at gmail.com if you're interested in joining, in joining in a future podcast episode. And we're hoping that uh, we're going to get one of those later in this week. So uh, look forward to that. Thank you for your time. And until we meet again.